0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number one of my violet tendencies. With me, marvelous Matt Nix, and I want to thank you for for listening, whoever you are, uh, for checking out this uh, this little podcast of mine. I know uh, I know my friends are probably like insanely tired of hearing me talk about like oh I'm gonna do this podcast, I'm gonna do that uh, video thing, I'm gonna do this. And like ninety nine percent of the time, I just never follow through with it. And it's not completely, completely because of laziness or, you know, just, you know, not having the the drive to do something like that. That's not the case at all. Because believe me, I want I want to do all these things. It's just, um, you know, life sometimes is just a little too busy. And I know that's such a cop out for a lot of people to, don't you know, to say, oh, my life is too busy. I can't. I can't commit to doing this because my life is too busy. I can't, uh, you know, a lot of times it's bullshit. Um, but let's face it, you know, I work for Pro Wrestling Tees here in Chicago. And let me tell you, that job there keeps me pretty damn busy to begin with. Uh, mind the fact that I run my own professional wrestling promotion, Freelance Wrestling, uh, FreelanceWrestling.com. Um but i also wrestle as well and you know not as much anymore and and you know that's uh that's another story for another time but like you know you know not only do i you know work a full time schedule uh you know a lot of overtime as well but running a wrestling company and wrestling myself you know it it's hard to find extra time to do anything god you know my girlfriend <laughs> i have to i basically have to schedule time to hang out with my girlfriend because You know, I'm just, I'm working all the time and, you know, uh, and speaking of working all the time, uh, one of the many, many nights that we are late at night working at Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, myself and one of my coworkers, Alberto, uh, aka Scrump, uh, we were just talking one night and... And he tells this, he's told this story a million times as well about how we were talking about, oh, we should do a podcast together or, or something along those lines. Uh, anyway, but that, that night basically stemmed the creation of the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, podcast, the PWT cast, um, that he and Stank, both of my coworkers, um, host now and they do that weekly and it's a great show. It's amazing. You should go listen to it. Um, But that was, uh, seeing that and seeing how excited he got and, and how, how much fun they are, they've been having, like putting together, you know, their episodes and, and, and releasing them and, and, and just recording them and everything. It's been, it's been really fun to see that. And I'm like, man, like I know when I did my podcast before, I think I posted like a handful of episodes, uh, that you may or may not be able to see on the, on the feed that you're currently seeing this now, but um it made me like man i i missed doing that because i i really did enjoy like recording stuff and just talking with people and and um and you know m- some of my close friends uh ian and mike they uh they do a weekly podcast 616 entertainment and like i always tell them like guys like i listen every week and it's like literally one of the m- things i look forward to <laughs> during the week because i am so busy all the time i don't get to hang out with with a lot of my friends a lot of a a lot you know and specifically those guys and being able to listen to their podcast every week it just it just feels like i'm hanging out with them every week and um and you know i, I kind of wanted to to do something along those lines and and here we are you know this is this will be something weekly that you know you guys if anybody's listening to this i don't even know uh you know but if you are thank you thanks for for tuning in and um this first this first episode is is, is, is a, it was a real fun one. Uh, this past weekend, uh, myself, Craig Mitchell, and Chris Castro, uh, along with my girlfriend, uh, drove down to Gainesville, Florida, for Fest Wrestling, and man, it was such a such a fun trip. Uh, driving to Florida is always kind of like a daunting task. Uh, you know, a good fourteen hour drive will intimidate anybody, but you know when you have A bunch of good people in the car and you know some good music and just a lot of energy drinks it's it's uh it's a lot of fun and you know it was Nicole's first uh road trip you know uh to Florida she's first time ever to Florida so um it was cool and Fest Wrestling is one of the most exciting and insane insane wrestling companies I've ever you know wrestled for and you know it's anytime you get that mixture of, of professional wrestling punk rock and just like the positive energy to just go out there and have fun. It's it's awesome. And you know you don't want to miss those shows. So um this is uh myself Castro and Craig just on the road to Florida having a good time. So hope you guys like it. If I if I had a splitter for the for the mic it might actually... I, I think it would. It would take two headphone jacks, right? Yeah, I would
1: say so. It just Unless uh, it would just evenly distribute the uh, audio over the the headphones on two sides. That's
2: what I liked about it, like about Radio Shack. If you need a like, specific thing, they have it for sure. Yeah, now Amazon is Radio Shack. Am, okay. <laughs> Amazon is just...
0: <laughs> dude, Amazon's incredible. Like, let's... So, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a street fight... In uh, the St. Louis area with For Glory Pro, and I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be as obnoxious as possible, and I'm gonna get purple weapons for the street fight. So I was like, I wonder, I wonder if I could find purple steel folding chairs. And lo and behold, on Amazon you can find they have they sell every every color you could possibly imagine steel chairs. So naturally, I bought two. Uh, to broken or uh, broke both of them, at the show. But
1: as I would expect.
0: But it's insane, right? You could buy you can buy full, full, uh, purple folding chairs. Everyone's like, "Oh, did you spray paint those yourself?" I was like, "No, no, 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 I bought them
1: that way." I think it's kind of amazing the fact that like it, I, I think it usually there's like the middle ground is where it gets kind of hazy. If you want really high end things, you can get them from Amazon. But if you ever want like shitty. Like bad versions of things, something like cheap that you need and that you can break right away, it's usually on Amazon. Oh, my right God. Away. And honestly, too, like these these mics that I got now, these are like nice, they're like real mics, right? <laughs> it actually You're, says Amazon on the microphone. Do they really? Amazon mic. It says Amazon Basics on the microphone. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why doesn't she just tell me the directions? Why does she gotta like no, fucking chime in and give me extra? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah
2: that's, that's really cool now that Amazon have their like own little Amazon Go stores. We can just walk in, grab stuff and walk out and they get charged to your Amazon account.
0: See, there's, you said there's only one of those in Chicago, right? That's the yeah. only one here. I, I've i never even heard of that until you told us about that.
2: Yeah, it's, like, literally next to the Blackhawk store on like, Wacker, Michigan. You, there's only, like, two people work there. One person to, like, manage, like, the, like, picnic tables and everything outside. And then one person on the inside to, like, make sure, like, you get through okay. Because you need to, like, scan your app through, like, the, the gate. You walk in there and there's tons of fucking, like things in the sky, like cameras and sensors. tell whoa,
1: whoa. So you say, wait, wait, you you scan, you have to prove that you have an Amazon Prime account? Yeah.
2: So you, so you need a separate uh, app, actually, which is uh, just an Amazon Go app, and you just link that up to your Amazon. You don't have to have Amazon Prime, you just need to have an Amazon account that has a link, like debit or credit card, and then you scan yourself in, and, and then you're in there. It opens The gate opens, and then it knows you're in there until you walk out.
1: That's insane. That's how all stores should be, because sometimes when I'm in a store... And there's so many people that are not committed to being in that store, and they piss me off. <laughs> it's,
2: like, very, like, accurate, too, because, like, I went in there, and uh, I got my stuff. I walked out, and in the matter of, like, two minutes later, it charged my account for exactly what I had. It was awesome.
1: It's kind of nice. like It's like being inside of a vending machine. Basically, yeah. That's... Well, I get it. Like, there's certain stores I want to go and I want to browse. Like, a mall. Like, I would think a mall is for that. But every once in a while, when I need to go to like a very specific store, and I need to get in and get just just grab something and get the fuck out of there, I hate when I'm in there, and it's just a bunch of people, like window shopping in front of me that have no purpose being in that store. It's almost like fun that they're in that store.
0: Or just people too that like walk so slow. Like when they're like people like I hate when I'm walking in the mall and I'm like, okay, I know I know where I'm going right now. I'm I'm on a quest for this specific thing that I came to this mall for and for some reason this family of five is just taking their sweet-ass time walking armed, like, just arm arm to arm and just taking up the entire, like, walkway and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I feel like I gotta play Red Rover and run through these motherfuckers.
1: (laughs) It's just kind of strange. I I, I don't know. Like, that I think is the exact reason why online shopping has really started to become the normal because I hate... I hate going out to stores and I hate when I have to go to a store that like definitely like that's the only way I can either try it or the only way I can buy it is by getting it in the store pain in the ass because then you have to go in and then you have to deal with like I just like hate being in the store and waiting or like going all the way to the store and then finding out that they don't even have it it just drives me fucking nuts god yeah. that's why I think the Amazon thing is actually like as soon as you said it I was like that's how all stores should be
0: and even too like Amazon like They, the convenience of like, hey, like uh, you buy something and you get it and you're just like, I kind of don't really like this. You can just return it with like almost zero questioning. (laughs) They're just like, well, we'll take anything back.
1: Imagine if you went to your grocery store and you had to scan to get in there. And then when you left, it was like accurate what you got, everything you need and you left. There'd be no theft.
2: That's exactly how Amazon Go is. That's how the store exactly is. And what it reminds me of. Like, thinking about it now, it's just, like, a corner store in the city. Because that's basically what they have. Just, like, stuff a normal corner store would have. Like, Like, snack, chips and pop? Chips, pop, snacks. Uh, they had, oh, actually, uh, uh, like a little section where you can get your Amazon basic stuff. Like, uh, extension cords and, like, all, like, necessary stuff you would get at, like, just, like, on Target. Like, or and, and basically, like, a mini Target and a mini, like, I don't know, like, 7-Eleven, like, mixed into one store. Also, a full cooler for booze <laughs> really yeah it was a full cooler and I think that's the only uh, that's the only reason why they probably have that person there is to make sure uh, the person getting booze is over 21
0: now do they have like any produce there too like do they have like like apples and or? Uh, oh, yeah.
2: oh yeah what's cool about their, their like their like cooler section if you want to get like produce and stuff like, they have, like, pre-made sandwiches and, like, wraps and everything. And after a certain time, like, around 5 o'clock, it goes, like, half off because it's not so fresh. I mean, it's still edible. But they mark the – they they chop the, the price in half because it's, like, past a certain time.
1: Active pricing at Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's actually awesome, but at the exact same time, it's terrifying. It's
0: crazy that, like, that's, like – that's the way the world the, – like, the world is going to be owned by, like, Amazon, Disney, and, like – What's that? Uh, Exxon is that the, the the oil company?
2: Exxon. Yeah. 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 Exxon. Yeah. The, so. Those
0: three, those three companies, and like Kellogg's too. I feel like Kellogg's. <laughs> I feel like they own like a lot of shit, but <laughs> but I, I feel like they, they might be owned by Disney too. For some reason, I feel like Disney just owns half the world. I don't
1: know, it's just kind of crazy because it, it actually feels like this is how business should have always went. And I think what was holding it back before was just the idea of doing it. I think they would have had the ability to do this 20 years ago and just have it, you know, be as ease of access as it is. They would have been able to do that. Just have a store where you have to go in and then you could, like, they had the technology to do that. I guarantee you at least t- maybe 10 years ago to do that. But I think now that it's so popular and
2: realistic, it's almost like, oh,
1: why the hell did we do this before?
2: It's It's... It's uh, I like it. I wish they had more of them, but uh, I guess these are still they're like still testing it from what I heard. Like there's one in Chicago, there's one in New York, probably somewhere one somewhere in L.A. But for for what I know, that's all they have already. And it's not also it's, it's like it's not too big, so it's not like not super cluttered. Like it's maybe like half a size of a, like a full size Seven Eleven. Yeah, I could really? see I
0: could see this kind of like taking over the Seven Eleven market because it's just easier. You, and, 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 and honestly, it can get to the point where, like, I know everybody's, like, super, like, conspiracy theorists about this. But, like, oh, like, they, the government just wants to put a chip in your arm that has all your information and stuff like that. But, I mean, it, we kind of already have that with our phones. Like, we ha- our phones are so, like, connected to us in, in such – so many different ways. And, like, it could be to the point where, like, we just have it set up on our phones – that it's automatic payment like that we don't even have to like carry cash or a card on us or anything you it's same same concept as this you know you walk in grab whatever you want or whatever you're going to buy you scan like they scan it all together and then when you walk out it just automatically deducts it from your bank account because it's just
1: connected it like knows i've always felt like it i know it sounds kind of insane but if there was a way where everything, like if you like if you did chip somebody and you put it like you know in their wrist or whatever it would be, and it would be tied back to your personal identity, and everything you have, or everything you use is just ease of access. Like the car you have would be registered to that. You get in, you don't need to remember your keys. You just you start your car. Um, as long as you're within a certain distance, you can unlock the car. Like it would just be uh, you unlock same. it by just snapping your finger. Yeah, like I mean, like <laughs> I know it sounds fucking insane, but I mean, everything that we use now, like this this fucking this phone, like if I went back to like 1975 and like waved an iPhone in front of somebody, they would have probably thought I was a goddamn wizard. <laughs> so I mean, it well, is
0: well, yeah. I mean, like the face, the facial recognition software that they have now on these phones is like it's pretty wild. That like,
2: but it's, it's it's super fast now. I mean, think about uh, Apple just came out with that uh, last update, and you just it takes maybe like less than a second for my own phone to unlock because of face recognition. It's insane.
1: Yeah, just by, being able to have your you know, your debit, your credit information, your identification, like readily accessible from like, you know, your hand is insane. But then you your fucking arm cut off. What happens? You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> That's how
0: somebody steals your identity. It's just like the black market of like only like right arms.
1: <laughs> well, then I wonder if it would become like instead of getting like robbed for your wallet, like they're, they're coming for your limbs, They would bro. fucking cut your
0: arm off mm-hmm. hell yeah it's like some back alley surgery stuff man you could sell your well, hey bro got some arms here for sale Well, they
1: wouldn't even like sir it would just be you'd be like standing there leaning against something and they would just hack your arm at the fucking shoulder oh, a machete. yeah absolutely and they'd have all your shit that's scary
2: <laughs> so they gotta make this technology where like if your uh if your body temperature like goes below a certain degree like it shuts off <laughs> uh, crazy. Like oh, they either yeah. know
1: you're dead, or that you're fucking bleeding out, or someone stole your arm. Turn off I, his bank account. I, I, I think um, this is probably like the most Black Mirror thing that is not a Black Mirror episode.
0: It's like, and it's like potentially possible. I was let's it's tell you guys possible. like
1: when I was like trying to figure out what Black Mirror was, like when I was like that's that's a really cool name for a show, right? I was like, what is a Black Mirror? And then I was, like, thinking about it. I was like, it's really just your screen and your phone when it's off. You yeah. oh, look yeah. back at your fucking stupid self. It's insane. I, like, And I thought about it. I'm like, every media device, like any type of uh, screen or your phone or tablet or anything like that, when it's off, you're basically just... It, it's your own reflection. It's insane. Like, and that I don't know if that's what it was meant to be. I think so, yeah. But that is a super slick... The metaphor of how we just stare blankly into our phones... I've seen something where uh, they were, like, comparing, like, what the average person's... Um, it's based on not even just distance away from screens, but what their average time fixated on a screen is compared to what it was from, like, maybe, like, 1990 or even early 2000s. God, I can only imagine. It's, uh, it's so insane. And I think that's the reason why all our eyes are all fucked up, for sure. I was
0: just going to say, I would be very interested to see... Like, if there's some sort of study, I'm sure there is, but some sort of study of like the a- nation's, like the world's average, I guess, like eye strength, like in like 1990 as opposed to like current day. And just by how many, how many jobs and just, you know, p- people in general that stared into their phones, onto computer screens, you know, just we're staring at screens all the time because this is how our society has evolved. But like, how our eyes are like uh, affected by it. Like I think at a certain point, like just if you believe in, in, in the theory of evolution, um, that eventually that our eyes are going to have to like, just evolve to, 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 to be able to like see those, the pixels and stuff, you know, like, like just to adapt, to see those things so much better because we're like staring at them all the time that it's so much
1: extra light into our eyes that like it's like damaging them. I think it's constantly, um, you know, changing as well as as technology gets better and things get cleaner and smoother. Mm-hmm. I would say most of the things that we see on a screen now are almost more vivid than actual real life. Oh yeah, which, which is kind of crazy. And there's more like color reproduction in video than there is in like your own actual like regular real life.
2: It's kind of insane. They even make like sunglasses do Like you get like HD vision. Like really? Sunglasses have yellow t- you, you, you ever seen commercials for those sunglasses? They're like yellow tinted. Oh, uh, yeah. They come out clearer and sharper.
1: That's interesting. I know from like working in IT for the last like four years, um, they would always get on us about like screen time and like giving us like different like techniques to, you know, help ease our eyes up. Because I are staring like, at like eye exercises. Well, no, like they had these like um, these like these glasses. They weren't like prescription lenses, but they canceled out like certain. Like blue
2: light. Yeah, a lot of gamers use those now.
1: Oh wow. It really helped a lot. And I God, think that might have saved my eyes. Well think when you were a kid they said it didn't sit so close to the television when you played like video games or watched T V. But now, even though the screens are smaller, the the depth from our eye to the screen is so much more shallow. So now you're you're usually you would sit like maybe like four or five feet away from the television. Now you sit within, you know, like a couple inches. Especially if you're fucking laying in bed and you're kind of looking at something or you, like when you wake up and you put that phone so close to your face like the focusing from there is so hard on your eyes even uh, uh
2: even phones are like like technology and phones are getting easier for us for our eyes because they're like there's options we can turn the the blue light off your phone the, the phone gets like a little like uh, like a warm effect to it so things are a little bit more orange but i guess it's like less uh a damage effect into your eyes especially when you're trying to go to sleep because blue light is blue. Uh, blue light is what keeps you up at
1: night. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is so that that Whoop
2: strap that I now wear oh,
1: when yeah. I uh, whoop, we're sponsored, baby. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Whoop. Whoop uh, Whoop. Um, two scoops. Shit, I didn't even think about the like. You get two <laughs> the Juggalo <laughs> sleep program. Um, but yeah, when I when I uh, wake up in the morning, I I do a little like it's a couple questions I answer just to kind of give a little bit of feedback. It collects data uh, over you know the nights that you sleep. And uh, I get up in the morning and I I answer a couple questions just based on how I feel. And one of the questions it always asks is if I used a screen before sleep. So if I'm laying in bed and I'm like watching something and then I I feel tired then and then I immediately just shut the phone off and go to sleep, it actually kind of, um, it sort of keeps your, your brain up even though you're tired and it'll actually decrease the performance of your sleep. Being on a screen right before bed. Um, it actually it makes sense yeah, yeah it decreases the ability for you actually to slip into deep sleep at least that's what I'm understanding REM sleep yeah and uh, your sleep performance if you're not getting you know deep sleep and you're sitting in a life, a light sleep throughout the entire night you'll wake up you'll actually feel like dog shit because that's pretty much the way I sleep every night <laughs> so if I sleep I pretty much feel like shit every yeah day I mean like life. every day uh, according to Whoop I, I operate on like uh, 40 to about 50% of like what I should be running on and I, I honestly think it's because I sit on a screen so often um, at nighttime like when I get home after I've been, you know, I've been working all day I usually catch up on things I'm sitting there and you you know scrolling through shit especially like Twitter and everything like that and you have no real idea how bad that is for you until you actually go to sleep and your brain is probably constantly firing or it's just not relaxed you know and I think it's more apparent than ever how much that actually does uh, disrupt your ability to just like shut things off and rest.
0: Yeah, I started. Uh, on, I don't. I don't. I don't know why it took me this long to start doing it, but I started uh, when I charge my phone. Because um, I, so I have a um, one of those wireless charging uh, ports. So when I lay my phone down on it to charge, it's like the screen's up, and it's like. When I get like a text or a notification during the night, my phone will light up, and so I know you can put your phone into like do not disturb mode or something like that that'll prevent that from happening. But uh, just in the event that like it's something important, look, I have this weird anxiety of like you know somebody trying to get a hold of me at night and like they can't because my phone's like it's the whole thing. But uh, so I <laughs> I started to, uh, just putting like a piece of paper or something over. My screen so that when it does light up, it it kind of blocks it so I don't see it. Uh, Or like when I charge with a cord, I'll have it face down on the table so it doesn't light up and stuff. And that that definitely I've noticed that has helped my sleep a little bit at least uh, because I'm not
1: waking up as frequently uh, to fuck with my phone. Another way you can improve your sleep is by going to whoop.com/violet to get your own whoop strap with one month (laughs) free that's not a real code that's not a real code but no i would actually and not to you know to touch back on it but i would uh suggest if you're ever interested in tracking your sleep to definitely check out this whoop strap i yeah i
0: i listen to joe rogan and he's constantly talking about it uh and then i you, you were talking about it today and you're talking about how much you enjoy using it and I don't know yet. I have to do a little bit more research to see if, if it would indeed benefit me to to kind of, like, track that stuff. Um, but it's definitely cool. It's interesting. And I think if, if that's something that people are interested in doing,
1: like, I think you should definitely check it out. I was for sure skeptical. Uh, and then I got it. And me and Amy were talking about getting it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'll I'll get it. And then she said, well, I'll get it too then. But she she's not as sold on it as I am. And I think that's just because... She hasn't had it on as much as I had. I think it's one of those things you get it. It has to collect data, right? Right. So, you the have to more have it on. yeah, the more you wear it, the more it starts to develop uh, understanding of your patterns. And then it can at least start to you know, look at you as, you know, okay, this is what this person's typical week looks like. And then based on this and you know, he seems fairly active or he doesn't seem very active. It kind of can analyze that. And then it can give you an accurate, not just like a spitball, you know, in the ballpark idea. It can actually go, hey, you know, it looks like yesterday you legitimately stood for 12 hours. And this is the strain based on activity and the the workout you did. God, I don't know. You need nine hours of sleep. And then that's pretty much where I turn around and tell my whoop to go fuck itself and I get four hours of sleep. And I get up, and then I work 12 hours again the next day. Who gets day. nine hours of sleep also? Dude, you know what? Like, I don't know any, and here's, but that's the thing, though. You you look at it, you already know your sleep's pretty bad, right? Unless Everybody's sleep is bad, yeah. And But when you look at this, and you actually can plug the, the data in, and you see it, it, it actually becomes this thing where you're like, is this me, or is this, you know, my work? Is this my inability to balance? Like, what is the problem here? And then you kind of take a step back, and you go, hey, you know... You know, I do have more of an opportunity to sleep, but what happens is I work all day and then I come home and I, I make a choice. I'm like, do I get more sleep or do I go, Hey, I've been seeing my family all day. I need to like, you know, put some time into that. And then you end up pushing things into, you know, they push them out of the way. And then by the end of the day, when you go to, you know, analyze, like, why do you feel so tired or why do you feel like garbage? And you're like, Oh, this is the reason why. So at least gives you a little bit of an answer. To where if you were to start sitting there and going, well, I'm going to go fix everything. I'm going to reevaluate the way I, stu- I structure my day or my week or my life. And then you at least have the data behind it. So in that case, I think it's important. But if you work the kind of hours I do or you do, it's very difficult. Because you're kind of in that position. That's kind of what you're doing right now, you know? Yeah.
0: it's uh, I'd be very interested to see. I w- is there any kind of like... Free, like a, a free trial that yeah. they offer, because I would very much like to try it to see if it's something that that would
1: would uh, would benefit my life. So the way I I ended up getting it, um, it does require. A, I, I think you have to have it for at least six months. Um, but what I did was I used uh, Joe Rogan's code. Uh, I, you get the oh. strap for free, so. Uh, this is the Onyx one. It's free. You can get a silver one, uh, like blue. You can get a fucking
0: purple one. Does he say do they got a purple one? Yeah, they
1: got a purple one. Oh, uh, you sold. pay a little bit extra for that. And then what you could do of course. <laughs> is use code word, like you could either use Rogan, and then there's a couple other podcasts that are sponsored. You could use their code as well, and you get a free month. And the month activates from the day of I believe activation or receiving. So let's say have you have to be receiving. Well, yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, is you don't buy this through a, a different, you know, like a distributor or anything like that. It's basically you buy it through Whoop, they ship it to you. You don't like, can't get it at like Best Buy or some shit, right, which I, right. I kind of like.
0: You, I feel like it's a little bit more authentic. That yes. Way. Like you know,
1: it, you're getting 100%. I guess, they made this for this. Yes. And then you go on, you order it. So I had to, I was on a waiting list. I ended up getting it about two weeks after I ordered it. And um, once I got it, I activated. it It was simple. it synced to my phone and then I was able to use it right away. And uh, since the day I've got it till now, obviously it's it's gotten a chance to learn my patterns a little bit. but what I do like about it is it's super accurate. Like I've like been like, I'm gonna take a nap like just to test this just to see if it changes or what's like it reads heart rate variability or like it, like it, like you know how accurate, how quick can it pick it up. So in the in the afternoon I like I'm gonna take a nap it' like 2 p.m. And I would take that nap and I'd wake up. And as soon as I woke up and let everything calibrate back up, it would show a drop in my heart rate to let me know that I actually was resting. And it'll actually be like, you know, it'll register that it was a nap. It knows. That's so wild. It's crazy. And like, same thing with, you know, how like you have like an Apple Watch and you're like going to work out and you got to turn it on, right? Mm-hmm. Or even after a little bit of activity, it'll kind of notify you, like, hey, it looks like you're working out. Like, what are you doing? You're fucking on the elliptical or what are you doing? Uh, this, you don't have to do any of that shit. It Basically, you start moving, and as soon as you're done, it'll let you know. be like, hey, activity detected. This is what you did. This is what your heart rate looked like. This is at the peak. This is at the low. It looks like it was this much strain based on what your day looked like. And if you want to categorize what it was, but we have all the data we need. Like, pretty much, it's pretty straightforward like that.
0: It sounds That sounds pretty incredible. And yeah. it, it sounds like... Um, now, does this does it does this Whoop thing does it count like uh, you know calories and stuff yeah. like that? It does all the. Uh, it's not a to... step
1: counter or anything like that, but it, it basically it measures strain, it measures your sleep, it measures. Um, That's strange. That calories. Doesn't,
0: it doesn't measure the steps. Also, like, I don't I think, think
1: it's. An, I think with the way Whoop works, it's not interested in distance. As far as like traveled or mm-hmm. uh, if you run with it or anything, it's more interested in what. Your body looks like when it's recovered, when it's not. How much sleep you need, uh, heart rate variability. It's it's more looking for like performance. It'll let you know, hey, you should probably take a rest day, or hey, you should probably you know you know get a little bit more sleep if you plan on peaking tomorrow, if you plan on going as hard as possible. It's definitely like like an athletic performance tool, with anything. Um, But for the average person, the the best thing it would do for you is let you know that if you're actually recovering or not, because if you're getting up going to work and around like noon you're feeling like absolute dog shit it could be two factors it could either be your diet you're eating like total shit or you're not getting enough sleep and you're not recovered and as we all know if you're not recovered that's going to show and at least you have then the data behind it to kind of give you a little bit of a kick in the ass to actually take a chance to recover and you know do some good towards yourself
0: well that sounds that sounds really cool I think uh I you know I might try the, the the free trial and I feel like I work for Whoop right you now. Were, dude, we are Whoop woke in this car. <laughs> we are in a car right now. I've, if you guys couldn't tell by the uh, GPS uh, talking to us a little bit. We, uh, we're on our way to Gainesville, Florida for Fest Wrestling. Uh, it's myself, Chris Castro, and uh, Craig Mitchell. So, uh, oh, and uh, my girlfriend, Nicole, who is probably really annoyed right now that we're talking about her. And she's trying to sleep. Um, but... Yes, whoop sounds. I feel like awesome. this is how
1: the episode actually starts.
0: This, yeah, I actually just hit record right now, so
1: <laughs> we've been talking in the microphones. That was
0: all. That was just all testing the mics <laughs> to see if they worked and not. Um
1: So yeah, welcome. No, uh,
0: so yeah, no. Whoop sounds pretty cool, um, and I it, like. I just kind of started hearing about it recently, so I, th- I think I'm definitely gonna see about trying out a free trial and stuff to see if it see if it works. You know, see if it works for me and. And if it helps my body
2: This is my first time ever hearing about it I am genuinely interested In Indianapolis Yeah we are We're about to
0: Yeah we are just driving We crossed the border into
1: Indianapolis, Indiana Anyone listening to this podcast will know This is a 12 hour podcast And we're going to keep you in tune to what we see (laughs) (laughs) On your right you can see a broken down neighborhood That looks like it's in definite need of saving
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man so I'm excited for this. Uh, this is kind of our first. Uh, oh, well, audio got a little crazy there. This is kind of our, like our first uh, road trip together in a while, guys. Like we haven't uh, we haven't really been on the road as much. We've all been pretty busy in our in our everyday lives. Uh, some of us have been injured. Some of us have just uh, you know been, you know, being an adult. Uh, that's not me, for either of those. Just so you know. Um, but no, I'm excited for this. Like fast wrestling. The Fest, probably one of the coolest fucking wrestling uh, places in all the the world, even. Uh, the Fest is a, is a punk rock festival in Gainesville, Florida, every year. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and a couple years ago, the guy who runs it, Tony, was just like, you know what? I'm a huge wrestling fan. I think I'm just going to start doing wrestling shows, too. So he started Fest Wrestling. Very cleverly titled, I know. And... Uh, We've, I've been down there a couple times. Craig's been there with me once before, I believe. Yeah, it was just the one time. And this is Castro's first time, which I was like, "Holy shit! I, I, I could have sworn he would have been I with us at you some time."
2: Down there too. No, it's first time, and uh, my third match back since injury.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's going to be exciting. You know, there's so many people on these shows. Like, uh, <laughs> there's there's a ton of people. Um, there
1: are a thousand people on this show. Literally
0: a thousand. Um, but it's a it's a great atmosphere like the crowd is so so much fun um it's a long drive but you know well,
1: 15
2: hours ain't shit
0: yeah 14 15 hours that's Actually. that's that's uh that's nothing that's, of
1: the places you could go to in Florida this is probably the quickest to get to
0: definitely it's like upper panhandle area ish um closer to the to the the border
1: of Georgia I feel this GPS is being snippy with Castro. She has been the best I feel like her voice is getting a little bit of annoyance in it. Like she's just getting angry that you keep having to change lanes. I,
2: I miss the old Siri voice in the iPhone. This is like a complete new one, I think.
1: Well, you think with all the different reiterations of the iPhone, she's becoming jaded. Just a little. <laughs> just a little. Listen to her, she's super bitchy. They keep phasing her out. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm excited to uh, to wrestle on the show. The last time we were there, I believe it was just one of their uh, regular shows, which they don't really run as much these days, it seems.
0: No, I think they they kind of stick to doing the, the, the big shows at, during the fest. And then maybe, like, I think they run in July every year and then one other time. Maybe th- three or four times a year. Regardless,
2: when I see like footage and like photos of these shows, they look pretty big and they look pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I think it, I mean, and this is just me speaking from the outside, I think when they were running more often, I don't know if it necessarily was uh, as good as when they were kind of doing and like picking their their spots to run bigger shows. Um, To me, this looks like a way better thing for them to run in conjunction with their regular, I bet it's just way less of a pain in the ass to run. Or more. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, speaking probably from what you do, running every single month is a pain in the the ass.
0: Definitely is. And I can't even imagine having to deal with over a thousand wrestlers. It's not really a thousand, but...
1: There there is realistically probably 60 people on this show.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, a ton of wrestlers. So you're dealing with all those. And let's face it, most wrestlers are not like real adults. So you're basically dealing with a bunch of children. Um, on top of that, you're dealing with a bunch of fucking bands who are also a bunch of children. So you're basically uh, trying to promote a huge three-day music festival and a big wrestling show. And you're also uh, the babysitter for all these children. So
1: I will say this, and if anybody from Fest ever does listen to this, so far, of all the shows that I've been on that have had any kind of communication on a wide Uh, spread, I guess, like access to us with emailing and staying on top of us. The most organized.
0: Oh, the best. Like these, the emails with literally like all the correspondence as far as like times are concerned are like, is meticulously planned out to the minute. And,
1: And And it's definitely appreciated. If I remember correctly, when we did fast in 2016, was it 2016? I believe so. And we were given seven minutes or whatever and Sanjay Dutt told us to stick to those seven minutes, and we stuck to those seven minutes, that was probably the happiest I've been as a human being. God. Because that's the thing, they run a tight show, and um, probably the only negative side is the fact that there are a thousand people on the show, you know that if you're not sticking to your time, that there's like 13 matches behind you, and everybody in some way has to, you know, get their fair shake on a show this size. I mean, this show is broken up into four parts. Yeah, they're they breaking
0: it up with a couple bands in between, which is pretty sweet. They're, which it's is it, very likened to the olden days of freelance. I was
1: just going to say, it was very much so how the original freelance was. Uh, when was the last time freelance had a band?
0: I think the last band that we had, it was definitely at Bottom Lounge. I think. No, did we do any bands at Bottom Lunch?
1: I don't you did comedians. I know you had DeRosa. Uh
0: we did like a live art of wrestling, I remember, that that like footage never get released for, I think. Is that um, the Hammer of Dawn show? Um, it might have been at the Abbey. Still. I think once we moved to No, I think that that first show at, at Bottom Lunch that we did, um the Raw Power show, I think that was the last Musical act that we had.
1: I've just never seen it done successful except for Fest.
0: It's just like, like people miss. Like I've I've been told by by many people that they're like, oh, I miss the the bands and stuff at freelance shows. But like, that was like a big the big part of it was people just being like, hey, like that's cool and all. But like, we just want to see more wrestling.
1: Yeah, I, I remember when freelance first started. It definitely felt like it was one part wrestling, one part punk rock show. And I think that's why it worked. But as the wrestling started to progress and the wrestling took the main, you know, it was the main reason people showed up and not just the idea of it being like a fun night out and you could see a punk rock band at the same time. Yeah. I think it kind of just definitely took a backseat. Now, if you had like someone that everybody would like freak out to see – and that was part of your like gimmick every month. I could see that being part of the show. Like every month, you had a band that everybody was like, "Holy shit, I can't believe they got that band."
0: Yeah, kind of like how uh, Wrestling Society X used to do the. They had like newfound glory,
1: and then
2: yeah, didn't they have Wu Tang Clan too? Wu Tang
1: Clan, Zack Wild, that's insane. I think like, I think that would be cool, but I think that would also fall into the category of what Fest does. And literally, yeah. <laughs> see Exhibit A of why I said Fest probably is better off running every other couple months. Uh, That way, it kind of builds up some type of like want or desire to see the show rather than it becoming part of your monthly thing and everything gets old and it's not as fun. So, yeah. Oh, man. Speaking
0: of like running shows and such, uh, this is going to be the 52nd freelance show coming up this month, I believe. Um, what is it October no this will be the 53rd uh how crazy is it like this 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 year we celebrated our sick our fifth year anniversary and the following month in this past August we f- we ran our 50th show like how insane is that to think like that something that like we weren't really expecting to be as successful as it was to turn into hey here's 50
1: freelance shows like jesus christ you know who would have thought i think that a lot of uh what's more interesting about it is the early origins of how actually like random freelance started is is even more insane it is just it is just so crazy that it ended up turning into be something that stuck and that actually does well
0: it's it's definitely weird like especially when like like there's for the most part like most of our roster is just people that like it's, it's our people, you know, like people that we, you know, we built them up from the ground up and to see like people like on a, on a grand scale, like fan wise, like care about these people and, and, and these wrestlers and, and be invested in, in these storylines. It's like, it's really cool. Like to, to
1: be able to say like, Hey, like, you know, we made that, we made that happen. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like, and I think it's for the first time, like probably in my life where you have something where you can look back and be like, oh, my God, five years ago. That was so crazy. But it actually is very much so like it doesn't feel as long at certain times. You know what I mean? You know, when you, you can think of something that happened, you're like, well, I know for sure that was a long time ago. But there are certain, you know, memories with freelance. It feels like it wasn't that far. But then you think about it, you're like, God, that was five years ago. That's crazy.
0: Some Yeah. Sometimes I'll think about like, like an older show and I'll be like, oh, that like in my mind, I'm like, oh, that 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 was like not that long ago, but then I'll look back and I'll like, oh, that was like The five one year years anniversary
1: ago. for sure strikes that with me. The one year anniversary show, it's like it it was so long ago, but then it felt crazy that you had something that lasted one year at that time.
0: I know. Like like I you know, the the original plan for freelance wasn't really like it wasn't really for it to be like a full company. And like we were the only plan was to run like bi-monthly, if that. And, Which you didn't
2: do for a little while.
0: Yeah, and 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 even then, it was like, man, I like, I don't I don't know really how long this is gonna last. And once we made it to a year, it was like, okay, well, shit. Now what? Like, I didn't I didn't really feel like things were gonna grow any bigger than it than it was there. And I thought I thought, okay, well, this is this is it. And and if this is it, like, this is really cool. Something that we this this thing that we built, and. You know, then we then the, then the Abbey fucking burned down, and and we were forced to kind of grow, because and I was very 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 intimidated about moving the shows to Bottom Lounge because like, growing up like that was like, all of us like we we would go to shows there, and that was like, that was like a like a big venue like in our in my mind at least like it was like oh shit like this is the fucking Bottom Lounge like this is like a fucking staple of Chicago's music scene, and like now we're running
1: shows here like it was like, it was a lot of pressure. That is exactly how I feel about every month you run at Logan Square auditorium. Cause like, you think the bottom lounge is big, like Logan square, like even though it's not that big, but when you stand in the center of the bottom lounge and then you go to Logan, you're like, my fucking God, like this, like people have huge weddings in there. Like it is like a, a giant dance ballroom. Like it's like a
2: hall. And it's a beautiful room too. And it's like, structure is great. Like it's, you can tell it's old. But it's, it's like, you can't, it's, it's hard to describe. Like it's been there for a while. Shoot. Speaking of talking about bands, we've seen lots of bands there. Like I, that, that venue goes way back with me and Craig Mitchell. And it just, this is like the change from bottle lounge to Logan. it was like, wow, this is really happening. Like 16, 17 year old me would not be thinking like, would not expect this at all.
1: Yeah. When I was in a band, I remember that was like my goal, like, when we started
2: out, I was like, I want to play Logan's
1: Auditorium, and we never got to do it, which is fine. But then when you got to do the show there, I thought that that was gonna be like, like a one-time deal. I thought it was kind of like a one-off. I know other companies had been running out of there, so I was just excited that we did the one. And now every single month we're in Logan's Auditorium, which like if you if you like you know get your head out of like the negative space at times and just appreciate what you have, it's kind of cool every month you get to wrestle in a place that you. Once was like I wish I could just get one time in there, you know.
0: Yeah, no, that was. Um, once once we got into there, I was like, okay, this is cool. Uh, I still have a couple like in my like my, my I guess my promoter checklist. Uh, I would love to I would love to run a show at Talia Hall in Chicago, uh, in the Pilsen neighborhood. Uh, it's a beautiful fucking building, and it's it's been my dream dream venue for fucking years. Um, I would also love to run a show at Aragon Ballroom, another beautiful building, huge yeah. building too. So like we, we'd have to be uh, a little bit bigger than we are now. But uh, and uh, and and it would be really cool too, to uh, to run a show at the Metro. But just like spacing wise, and and for as much as it costs to rent that place, like it it wouldn't be like feasible in any way. But. but the but that that venue is like it's it's one of my favorite venues in the city uh it i've seen so many great shows there and like the history behind that place like uh it'd be it'd be awesome to to be able to run a show there and just to be a
1: part of that history you had mentioned uh earlier when the abbey burned down you guys had to move isn't that kind of crazy to think though like the abbey burning down was probably the best thing to happen
0: I think about that all the time. Honestly, I was like, "Man, like it, it really forced us. It forced us to have to adapt and to grow." And I don't know. I don't know whether or not I feel like it would have happened eventually. Like I think we would have been like, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta start growing." Uh, but the, the fact that it kind of forced us to do it, uh, I think, helped us in the end.
1: The Abbey was definitely a safe zone. If you think about it now, if you ran a show at the Abbey, which it is back now, right?
0: Ish, uh, it's it's coming back. New new owners, new name. Um, I haven't been able to reach out to them yet. About not that kind of weird? New,
1: it's like basically like imagine approaching them and being like, "Hey, um, we had something with you guys." Um, yeah, we know, used to fucking blow the roof off we of used this pack building. Your fucking building. Sell this place out. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, think about the Abbey, right? Now, imagine if it never burned down. <coughs> Let's say nothing ever happened to the venue Let's just say you guys had a falling out And then now you were to try to go back and run it, right? As is, the way it used to be Imagine trying to run a freelance show in the Abbey right now
0: It'd be fucking madness
1: It wouldn't even, like you could fit Maybe Maybe one eighth Maybe 200 people I think
0: standing, everybody standing, no seats
1: Yeah, 200 people which is basically pre-sale Yeah A little less than pre-sale which is crazy because no, Nothing against Logan But Logan is big it, it looks great when it's full But at the same time It just doesn't look nearly as fucking cool As the Abbey did when it was so full
0: The Abbey just had this like, atmosphere Dude I will never that, like... forget
1: I will never forget the time That uh, we had that tournament For the world championship mm-hmm. And I had beaten Ruff And for some crazy ass reason Castro got me a shot after the match. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, it was Ego. That's who it was. I thought it was rough. I remember. I, I And I don't know why, but I'm standing on the top, and it felt like it was the most packed it could physically be, and I never really, like, stood on the top and looked out into the crowd. I had no reason to do that. And Castro had gotten me, like, a shot of, probably like a shot of Jack Daniels or something like that, and I, I did the shot with Castro, and I looked up into the crowd, and even though it was only maybe 200 people in there, it was so packed that it actually like gave me anxiety because it was so, there was no room and like that was i think like the pinnacle of how those shows looked and felt yeah it definitely uh,
0: just it looked like the it looked as if the room was endless because you would look out and you couldn't even because it was it was dark in there so you'd look out into the crowd and even though it was a small room it, the walls were dark and you just see people 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 and you can't even see the back wall so you're just like Jesus Christ how many people are in this room and it even if it would be like 200 or less people it sounded like 2000 people in room. even that in the room. balcony
2: the balcony
1: was packed with the gills too that's what that's what i'm saying dude like you'd look out and it was so full but at the same it kind of felt like a f- giant fight club you know what i mean like it's so insane like you know like it just felt like it was its own secret society. It was crazy. Yeah. It
2: was legit like an underground wrestling kind of feel. Like this is like a little like hole in the wall, like not really hole in the wall venue, but it's like it's an iconic venue and we became like an iconic like company to run out of there after that.
1: But then if you think about it, which is kind of really funny, and I know I don't know if this is a, a real harsh left turn in this conversation, but <laughs> you go there. You go to Bottom Lounge, and that show was even more packed. Right? That at the
0: time, that show was our was our highest like attended show, and I mean, granted, we had Cabana, Grado, and Kikutaro on the show, um, and they were filming that the uh, Wrestling Road Diaries three uh, documentary. So it was like a draw in in its own sense for that. Um, But I was like, damn, dude, I'm like, I'm kind of like in retrospect, it was better that we had to run at the bottom lounge because like we wouldn't have been able we would have had to turn people away at at the abbey so like that show was
1: scheduled to be at abbey
0: it was and then the fire and flooding damage that happened was like maybe two three weeks before the show even happened so like in i had to scramble to find a new venue and yeah it just it it was such a terrible time like to to try to
1: figure that shit out, but it ended up working out just fine. Isn't it crazy, though? Like, you ran that show. So, Raw Power, highest grossing freelance show at that time. And then we consistently ran Bottom Launch from there for almost a year. Yeah, And then, probably. if you think about it, the dark times, mm. the chop shop.
0: I really liked the chop shop. It's it looked we- It looked nice on camera, but it just wasn't that big. The locker room was extremely tiny.
2: The staff were a bunch of dicks.
0: The staff, the staff was, they they were not the nicest people. And then they would try every show. They were like, "Okay, we got to bump your rent. Okay, we got to bump your rent," to the point where I was like, "If you bump it anymore, like, I, there's no way we'll be able to like run these shows here because like, it just was it was getting insane, and it was just not in a very convenient spot too." Um, and then that Halloween show happened.
1: And then that Halloween
0: show happened and we had to run. I don't know why we ran on a Thursday, but it was God. three.
1: No, because this Sunday, I don't know. No, this Halloween was on a what? The hell I don't was Friday, Friday? Every Friday. Friday. So then how many Halloweens ago was that? Three?
0: It. I don't think it was on Halloween itself, was it? I don't remember. I don't remember.
1: How many, how many years back was that? Show? That
0: was like two years ago. Really? It maybe, was only two years ago? Maybe two or, in Iowa. two or three years. It was a little more than two because... Because the main event of that show was Leo Rush versus Mustafa Ali, and both of those guys work for
1: WWE now.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
1: In retrospect, that's kind of crazy. But that show, I remember I didn't know... Because that's the thing about the chop shop. You could not move. Like, there yeah. was no free moving. You had two areas. Upstairs, dick to ass trying to plan your match while other people are planning their match like all up in each other's shit or you can go downstairs and fucking hang out in that little cooler area (laughs) which was almost worse so I had no idea like no idea how that show felt or what was going on and then I remember our music hit we had that six man tag and I came out and was like what in the fuck is going on out here it was so (laughs) empty
0: yeah it was uh it was rough um it was an experiment, I guess, and at the time, too, we weren't, like, as well-known. Uh, I feel like now we could probably get away with running on a Thursday, but I never want to do that again. <laughs> Nonetheless, absolutely needed. The show was really good, though. The show was great. The show was fine. Um, if you want to go back and watch it, you can go to IWTV and put in promo code FREELANCE for a free 20-day trial, uh, and you can watch the show and, and let us know what you thought of it, because... The the matches themselves were great. The Halloween Rumble for this one was fun. Uh, Olsen speared me as Goldberg, and it was the hardest I've ever been hit by a human being ever in my life. Um, and then we had we had that six man tag later in the night.
1: It's funny when you go back and watch that Halloween Rumble and you cross reference it with the years past. That Halloween Rumble was one third of the of the length. Of this one. Of this one. <laughs> this one was something. This was a... Uh, it was
0: certainly s- a match. Was it was certainly a match that happened. <laughs> Let's
1: forget about it. Um, my favorite thing was when Matt Hardy version 1 came out and got a bigger pop than Matt Hardy version 2. <laughs> 2.0. <0. laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> part. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well,
0: okay. I think the... So we've been going for about an hour right now. Uh, that's probably going to be it for this episode. Then that I, was an hour. That was about an hour um, of us just rambling on in the car. Tune I think, back
1: in when we're in Tallahassee, uh, <laughs> Florida.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think episode two is just going to be us talking again on the way on the way back or something. Um, we've got plenty of time. I've got plenty of, I guess, yes. episodes to uh, to preload or whatever fuck but this is going to be episode one that's
1: going to go up next wednesday um you could probably pump out six episodes from what we have to talk because literally the 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 saddest thing about this is the shit we talk about on the road is more interesting than what we just talked about into these microphones
0: (laughs) uh but yeah thank you for thank you for listening whoever's listening uh craig you got anything you got to plug
1: um i wrestle sometimes and if you want to see me wrestle sometimes you can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mitchell or on Instagram under... I think it's Craig X Mitchell because I used to be straight edge.
0: Castro, you got anything you got to plug? Uh, yeah. Uh, can you bring that mic over here? Thank
2: you. Yes. Uh, if you want to see where I wrestle or just check out information, Twitter and Instagram at Castropolis. And uh, check out my Pro Wrestling Tees, com slash chris Castro. Buy yourself a shirt and support. Thank you very much.
0: And if you're lazy and you don't want to look those up, the links are in the bio, so... And follow these assholes so they can get more followers. You can follow me, the Matt Nix, on Twitter, and follow the show, My Violet Podcasts, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. <gasps>